Welcome back to Good Moms, Bad Choices. I'm Erica. And I'm Mila. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, my love. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm recovering from the weekend, but you know, I'm feeling really, really amped up. You know, it's the beginning of the end of the year and it's time to gather in all the things that we said we we're going to do for the year and get ready for the next one. So I'm preparing for that. Yeah. I mean, I think we've accomplished a lot this year. We have a lot of things happening, a lot of things on the horizon. Our retreat is coming up and that shit's about to be amazing. And I just, I'm proud of us. I am proud of us. You know, sometimes I think as women, we forget to pat ourselves on the back or like just as like humans or maybe like Americans, because all Americans do is want more shit, get more money, do more <laughs> things. So I think sometimes it's hard to remember to be grateful for the little steps and for the little wins. And I'm proud of us. Me too. I'm proud of us. There's still more shit to do, but I'm so I'm, I'm happy and I'm grateful. Me too. Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the tarot of the day? I am. Come on, tarot queen. I am the tarot queen, thanks to Biddy Tarot. Today's card I pulled was the justice card, and the justice card means... It represents justice, fairness, truth, and the law. You are being called to account for your actions and will be judged accordingly. If you have acted in alignment with your higher self and for the greater good of others, you have nothing to worry about. However... If you haven't, you will be called out and made to own up to your actions. If this has you shaking in your boots, know that the justice card isn't as black and white as you may think. A level of compassion and understanding accompany justice. And although you may have done something you regret, this card suggests that you will be treated fairly and without bias. Being ready to take responsibility for your actions and stand accountable for the ensuing consequences if you seek justice, the justice card is a positive sign that it will indeed be served. The justice card often appears when you need to make an important choice with the potential for long-term repercussions. Be aware of the impact your decisions will have on your well-being and the well-being of others. Choose consciously by connecting with your inner guide system, your intuition, and asking for the answers that is most in alignment with the highest good for all. Be ready to stand by your decisions as well as be held to account for the choices you make. You need to ask yourself, do I stand by my decision accept the consequences of my actions? Do you? I'm going to now that I pulled the justice card. (laughs) (laughs) The spirits are watching shit. (laughs) Your ancestors are not laughing. They're not. Oh, can you stop? (laughs) Oh my God. That's been haunting me ever since fucking Sylvia told me in my reading. Your ancestors are not playing with you. (laughs) It is not a game. It's not cute. (laughs) So now I'm scared. Okay. Well, that's good to know going into the last two months of the year. Well, anyway, guys. (laughs) I hope that card says something to you this morning, wherever you are in the afternoon or evening as you listen to this. I always hope that in the tarot, like there's a message for everyone listening that it can apply in some way. So maybe there's a decision you need to make. And this is the sign. This is the sign. Let it be the sign. You know, we're some sign ass bitches. (laughs) Everything is because of the stars, Um, including our our guests today. Mm -hmm. We are really excited because today we have the founder of Authentic Tantra. Tantra, not Tantra. Who's Tantra? (laughs) Ghetto Tantra. Authentic Tantra, Devi Ward Erickson. She is the founder and it is the only government accredited Tantra school for sexual healing in the world, Craig. In the world. Um, you may have seen her on a lot of TV shows. She's very famous. I am very excited <laughs> to have you. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, you guys. 
No, we are really thrilled. I'm so excited because I'm like, I don't know and really anything about Tantra. I've done a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. I've always been, I'm probably part of like some of the, the misconceptions of Tantra. I probably have like adopted some of those because just, I just, you think Tantra, you just think sex, that's it. Like sex and like lots of sexual positions. Like I think of the book, oh no, I think of the Karma Sutra. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. But I know that it's so much deeper than that. And actually, Jamila did this, like, what is it, 30 days of Tantra? I did a 30-day Tantra challenge. And um, I've been really called lately to uh, seek deeper into, I think, the calling of Tantra. It's so crazy because we've been talking about having you on the show for, like, two years. And (laughs) I was like, Eric, we really have. And I was like, Erica, I found a school that I'm going to. It is by a black woman. Literally, the only email I emailed the school is like, is this founded by a woman of color? <laughs> the poor person was like, yes. yes. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> um, and I was so geeked up because it's the only government accredited school. And then like weeks later, I was like showing Erica the uh, school that I wanted to go to. And she's like, this is the one I've been reaching out to. I've been reaching out to her. I'm like, perfect. It's a sign from <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yes, it is, a, it, is, it is a sign of divine timing. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to dig in. I, but before we start, I would love if you could share an affirmation with us and our people to get the episode going. Yes, I would love to. So this is actually a Buddhist blessing. So the lineage of Tantra that I practice is rooted in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. So this is one of our blessings that, uh, that I say every morning, actually. And it is, may all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness by my practice of loving kindness. May all beings be removed from suffering and the causes of suffering through my altruistic compassion. May all beings experience the ultimate bliss, which is a result of my meditation practice. And may all beings live in the great equanimity, which is the stabilization of the emotions of attachment, aversion, delusion, pride, and jealousy. Mm. Wow, beautiful. Beautiful. I was going to repeat it, but I, there's no way I, I can. Can you email that to us? <laughs> I, yes, I can. I can email it to you. Yes, I can. <laughs> I would love that. You know what? When I think of Tantra, I all, I mean, I guess ta- like Tantric, like yoga, India, Buddhism, it's all very closely tied. And I, for some reason in my head, it's it was separate. And I do. I chant like uh, Nam Myoho Renge Kyo. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't mm-hmm. realize that they were closely like cousins. And so it, it's making more sense to my divine timing to be a tantrika. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, Tantra is considered to be the highest form of yoga. So there's a variety of different styles of yoga. There's Hatha yoga, which usually means body-based yoga. And under the umbrella of Hatha yoga, there's, you know, flow yoga, vinyasa yoga, Bikram yoga. There's all different styles of, of yoga. And Tantra is considered to be one of the highest expressions of yoga. Wow. How did you start your journey into Tantra? Like, how did you, like, what was the beginning? What was the inception? Yeah, so I was living on the island of Kauai in Hawaii. And at the time, I was a monk of the Ashaya order. So uh, when I was 24 years old, I uh, moved to an ashram in North Carolina, took vows, was given the name Davy, committed my life to my spiritual path, wore only white for almost a decade, and I became a monk. And I taught meditation for the next several years and traveled around the United States and eventually found my way to Kauai, where I was being a monk, meditating, and I set up a, a house cleaning business. And 
and I started teaching something called sacred erotic dance. So before I was a monk, I was a stripper in Detroit. And I went. <laughs> Whoa! wasn't wasn't expecting that one. You know, I, I love that. Okay. So I, balance, baby. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly balance. So I was I've been a dancer my whole life, uh, and I was going to college for the performing arts. And when I was so I'm I'm a Gen Xer, right? So when I was coming up, when I was little, flash dance, Jennifer Beals, and flash dance when I was like eight or nine, right? And I was in dance school, and I was a dancer, and I was like, I'm going to be a dancer to pay my way through college. That was my big life plan when I was like eight or nine. So I get to college, and I'm in college, and I become a stripper in Detroit to pay my way through college. <laughs> <laughs> I fulfilled my 10-year-old dream. Perfect. <laughs> and then from there, I went on to become a monk, as I said. And then I was living in Kauai. And so uh, I was uh, meditating, teaching some meditation classes, set up a house cleaning business. And then I was also teaching sacred erotic dance, which for me was a fusion of my sexuality and my sexual expression as a stripper uh, united with my devotion to, to God, to my spiritual path. So I developed this movement modality that helped us kind of access more of our of our divine sensual nature through movement and dance. And then while I was on the island, I encountered a practitioner of the Tibetan Five Element Tantra. And he offered to train me in this very ancient uh, sexual healing practice that comes from uh, the tradition of Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. And I considered this a once in a lifetime opportunity. And so I agreed to uh, be mentored by him. And at the time, it's not like there was a school for Tantra. It's not like this was, you know, being widely offered. It was a very, a small uh, container on this island. And my training was overseen by a Buddhist Lama who gave permission to my mentor to train me in these practices. And so it was one-on-one and I dove in deep. I dove in deeply into my uh, Tantra education for the first six months. That was our agreement of formal training. And then after the six-month period, period uh, was up, uh, I decided that this was my life path. I love this. And so I just continued forward and I continued uh, practicing and training with my mentor. Uh, I ended up developing a business with him early on back in like 2009, 2010. Uh, and then we parted ways around 2012. And from there, I've built my, built my platform and built my school based on my own practice. To be a monk, are you celibate? Is it like a nun? Yeah. So when we first took our vows to be a monk, we had one year of celibacy. And then after that, we could decide if we wanted to continue with the celibacy or not. So I did practice celibacy for one year of my vows. And I mean, I've practiced celibacy at other times in my life, like, you know, kind of just because those were the circumstances. <laughs> there was Girl, anyone I wanted choice. to have sex with. Yes, Girl, exactly. I know. <laughs> Forced so, celibacy. Yes, exactly. Because there were there were no good suitors around, right? So it wasn't a big hardship. But after my year was up, there was no way I was going to commit my life to a, a life of a celibate. So it was not required for our tradition of monkhood to be a celibate beyond that one year. Is there like I have so many questions about monkhood? Is, <laughs> I've never met a female monk. I know, me either. Mm-hmm. I know. I've never met a female black monk. I've never met a monk. Period. period right. <laughs> I just see like on a robe in a mountain. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, do you have like, do you have a certain diet you have to follow? Do you have like vows of silence? I'm literally just basing this off movies. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what are you- yeah. <laughs> 
And it, it really depends on the tradition, right? So like the mm. Buddhist tradition has monks. I was not a Buddhist monk. There's Hindu traditions that have monks. So the tradition that I was in, it's called the Ashaya's Ascension. And it's it's like a kind of a, a spin-off of transcendental meditation. And so it's more of a Hindu-based path from India. And so when I was originally taking my vows, I went through three days of fasting and silence. So I didn't eat anything for three days and I didn't speak to anyone for three days. And then the first words that I spoke were those committing my life, the rest of my earthly life, to my spiritual path. Uh, and then, as I said, I was given the spiritual name Davy, and then I had some additional training, and then I was sent out in the world to teach the specific style of meditation. So our monk hood was built around this spiritual practice and this meditation practice that we did. And it was modeled after some of the aspects of the Hindu tradition. So like I was considered to be a white Ashaya monk. Uh, and so there were three paths. There was the white path, the red path, and the black path. And the white path was the sattvic path. And what that means is it was all about kind of purification and lightness and buoyancy. And then the mm. red path was all about energy and intensity. And then the black path was the path of ruthless compassion. So it was about destroying obstacles and destroying everything that stands in our path of realization. And so depending on where you were at in your spiritual journey, you would be a white, red or black Ashaya monk. Wow. Amazing. I know that that's so crazy how, you know, you committed your life to this spirituality and like in some in all those ways, it's still manifested, but just like in this very specific way. I just like it's so it's always so intriguing to me just to see the divine like evolution of our journeys, because I think it, that's such a hard thing for everyone. What is my purpose? What am I here to do? Yeah. What is my gift? You know, and like committing yeah. so early at 24 to this lifestyle. And, you know, that's after being a stripper in Detroit, like that is such a <laughs> that's such a shift. You know? But then it always like but then tying it back. Yeah. And then always the divine like order of things it does always make sense it always settles in where you're supposed to be so I think that's yeah. like super beautiful because I I think a lot of people struggle with that like these different aspects of themselves being sexual I think as a woman too being spiritual how does that meet how do we find a balance in that because we live in a society that doesn't really allow for those places to, to come together to yeah yep there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's so much judgment and shame when those things intertwine when really yep. like Sex is the most human thing about us. It, 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 it's it, literally what <laughs> brings us together. It's really what ties us all into one. And it's so yes. holy. It's mm -hmm. such a holy, uh, like the creation of humankind is a, of such a human exercise and such a spiritual thing. And we've been taught to kind of reject it. It's so crazy because I was, my mom just dropped off 400 journals of mine that nobody asked for. <laughs> so I started flipping through them and I just started to like come up on some times and like in when I was in college and I was probably sleeping around a lot and I was reading how much internal conflict I was yeah. dealing with in it like I was yeah. judging myself I was ashamed I was like empowered and like I was writing entries at like 21 about you know feeling mm -hmm. empowered by sex but also feeling like something was maybe wrong with me and I'm mm -hmm. like damn like that's an ongoing conversation that I've had throughout my life even this young you know I was aware of yeah. these conflicting feelings but you know like totally oblivious to the the spiritual side of sex and but still kind of tapped into that but still like 
something's wrong with you, bitch. You need to go to therapy. But like also like trying to find this balance. So I just think like it's so cool that you've created a school and like dug deep into that balance of sexuality and spirituality. And I am so happy that you've done this. (laughs) So many women need this. Yeah. Yeah. And that internal conflict is part of the suffering of this culture because inherently you described it so beautifully inherently intuitively you know that sex is regenerative that it's this celebration of life and that it's the most human thing about us it's where we all come from and inherently it is a pathway to our divinity so in our specific tradition of tantra it teaches that every orgasm is a glimpse of enlightenment And that's Mm. not just a theory. That is an actual teaching of the energy body. So yoga works with the energy body and tantra yoga specifically works very, very directly with the energy body. And so this teaching around orgasm and enlightenment is that at the moment of orgasm, so if you think of that peak of bliss, that freedom, that, oh my God, that ecstasy, that is literally a glimpse of God. That is literally a glimpse of your ultimate Mm. nature. And every orgasm, we get access to that because the moving energies, they're called pranas in your genitals, brush the core of the life force energy in your body. They brush the trunk of the tree of your energy body, so to speak. And so literally every human being, every orgasm is a taste of our own divinity. And yet our culture teaches us that there's something dirty, wrong, and shameful about that. And yet... It's the quickest, fastest pathway to experiencing God is through sexual pleasure and orgasm. And we know that intuitively, inherently. And so that's why there's that conflict is we're born into this world knowing that pleasure and bliss is our birthright. And then we get this world, this society that tells us the opposite of that, that tells us that we're wrong and dirty and shameful and tries to separate us from our true nature. That's traumatic. That is a trauma, and that is something that we as a society all need to overcome through our own healing journey. That's one of the primary things that we need to heal when we talk about tantric healing is our own relationship to our bodies and our relationship to our sexuality and the reclamation of our divinity through sexual pleasure. Yeah, I always say, it's so crazy when you intuitively know things and then you hear them confirmed in like smart words. I knew I I was smart. But I I always say that. I was like, when you orgasm, it's like the the clearest you are. Like you literally release the thoughts. You literally tap into this higher place because you're not thinking about shit. You're thinking about just your pleasure center. And it is such a powerful thing. And like, you know, I've been looking at this authentic tantra school and I really think it's, it's really dope that the first year or the first segment of the course is really about like self-work. You know, you work with someone one-on-one and you, you kind of go through like a therapy almost. Do you think that Tantra is a form of therapy? And like, how has that been therapeutic for people? Because I think people think about Tantra and they think, oh, I'm going to have better sex. Oh, I'm going to have a better sex with my partner. It's going to make me better sexually. But like, I also agree that, and i always say this too, a lot of times when women are, or people in general are afraid of their bodies, are afraid of nudity, are afraid of like that sexual p- 
part of themselves, it's often like blocking a part of yourself. If you are uncomfortable looking at yourself in the mirror, you are uncomfortable with a part of yourself, you know, spiritually and internally, you are blocking certain parts of you. So I just, I do feel like there's like some, it kind of comes together in these ways, but I don't think that people like the general public understand that how important that is to your mental health. Like how has Tantra really helped like in trauma and in, in like in a therapeutic way outside of the bedroom? How can yeah, people use yeah. that tool? Yeah, thank you so much. So I do want to say that our our primary sexual relationship is the one that we have with ourselves. So looking to our partners to heal us sexually, though they can support our healing, it's not their responsibility. It's our responsibility to reconnect with and to heal our relationship to our own sexuality. So, but that's just one piece of Tantra. So this, the Tantra that we practice, as I've said, it's rooted in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism. So most of what Westerners understand as Tantra is an appropriation. It's not actual Tantra. It's an interpretation by North Americans and Europeans of this ancient Indian spiritual science. And it's rooted, modern Western Tantra is rooted in cultural appropriation. So I'm very specific about where the methods that I teach and practice come from, because we do have permission. This is not, we didn't appropriate these teachings. We do have permission from our Lama, from our spiritual guide to share these methods for the purpose of healing and transformation and increasing joy on this planet, because that's medicine. So how can Tantra help us deal with life? (laughs) Because our bedroom is only one aspect of life, is that it's a holistic modality. So in our school, we work with meditation practices. So meditation is the foundation. So if you want to have great orgasms and all this other stuff, you need to know how to be present in your own body. And in the West, in North America, they say that the average Westerner can't follow 10 breaths in a row. That means that you can't be present with your own body and your own breath for 10 breaths. How are you going to experience your ultimate God nature if you can't even be present in your body for 10 seconds? So we start with meditation. That's the foundation. And then the meditations that we work with also directly allow you to access your energy body to catalyze healing. So in the Eastern healing tradition, the energy body is senior or superior to the physical body. So that means that all illness and all wellness manifests energetically before it does physically. So if you want to see something show up in the physical realm, whether it's, you know, in your reality or in your body, go to the energy level first, address it on the level of consciousness itself. So that's what these meditations do is they give us these powerful tools to access our own ultimate nature, our own inherent wisdom, and then begin clearing and healing the energy body to support the clearing and the healing of the physical body. So that's the meditation. We also use movement because movement is medicine, trauma, wounds, conflicts, all of that gets stored in the soma, in the tissue of the body. And so we use movement, yogic movement and yogic breathing to open the body and to unlock and to release emotions that we may be storing, but also to do this through joy because movement is pleasurable. Who doesn't love to dance, right? And did you know that your dance is medicine? Yes, we know this intuitively and inherently, particularly people of color, we know that dance is medicine, right? But to actually consciously engage movement, intentional movement to heal and to transform is revolutionary. 
right? So we use movement as medicine. We use connection, connection to ourselves primarily. So that's what happens in our first level of training is learning how to translate some of that chaos that's going on in our own minds and use all of that, that, that inner internal chatter to connect more deeply to what we're feeling and what we're needing and to align with our purpose in life. So that's connection. And then pleasure, pleasure is medicine. So learning how to access not just our sexual pleasure, but our sensual pleasure, our spiritual pleasure, our emotional pleasure, learning how to cultivate pleasure consciousness so that every moment of our lives, we're being aware of how we can access more pleasure in our bodies and our environment and within our relationships. So using pleasure as medicine and also, of course, sexual pleasure. So we give very specific methods and very specific techniques for healing and releasing trauma. So one in four women has experienced some form of sexual assault. One in six boys or men may experience some form of sexual assault. So sexual trauma is prevalent and all pervasive in our society. And so using methods, tantric methods, yogic methods, somatic sexual healing methods to treat that, to address that, to release it and to use pleasure to facilitate that process. And through that reclaiming our birthright to bliss and joy and orgasm. Once we've released all that trauma and all those blocks, then we can really begin to cultivate that orgasmic consciousness and begin to use our sexual pleasure to literally transform the way we operate in our everyday reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does actually. It makes it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I was like, sign me up. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I read um, somewhere in my research of you, my heavy stalking about, I know you have an initiative specifically for black men, Tantra for black men. And I also read that, you know, something about Tantra healing, like generational trauma. Yep. And I think yep. f- for black people it specifically or people of color, I, I think when you come from a place where you are kind of living in survival mode or, yep. you know, mm-hmm. j- trying to survive and exist and just be human, that it's really hard to prioritize your pleasure and to remember to do that because you were kind of born into a defense system. You know, you're kind yep. of born to defend yourself. And so, like, that was why it was really important to me to find a school with people of color that would that was yep. diverse and that understood that. Because I, I, do, I do really feel that... It's revolutionary, you know, for black people specifically to prioritize their pleasure and to like shift their mindset and their lifestyle to that program because it's not how we're taught, you know. Me and Erica went to a sex party uh, a couple weeks ago in New York and it was primarily like black people and I'm a sexual person, but I, I'm beginning to realize that I'm I'm more of a like a friendly connecting person. I like to connect with people. I like to hug and I like to talk. I want to know what happened to you last week and like shit like that. But in that environment, it dawned on me, like, you know, some people think, oh, you go to sex parties. That's so wild or that's so freaky. But I think the environment that it, the environment and the freedom that it produces of people just embracing one another, not necessarily sexually, it could be, but just embracing people in general, like however way you show up today, if you want to get pleasure, it's just like, it kind of was, it was just, it was like revolutionary to see a bunch of black people experiencing pleasure in one room. I felt like it was shifting, literally shifting energy just by being there. And I was just dancing and like enjoying the vibes of the people. 
but like this wide scale of how you can adopt pleasure into your world and you don't have to be like this alternative lifestyle sexual freaky you know like i think it's just literally a a mind shift of how you look at things and like how you invite pleasure into your life and i felt like also like when you have friends who are open to stuff like that too you're kind of inviting a circle of authentic people i'm i'm accepting you in whatever the fuck it is that i mean not whatever but like in this pleasure space and however you get there more power to you well i almost think that like when you accept people especially in their sexual prowess, is that the word? Whatever, wow. and whatever their desires are, you really start to accept people and you can accept like, oh, wow, you're into that. Oh, wow, you're into that. Like you kind of start to accept all the parts of them. Yes. And like, and that's why when you say like that, if this is like a holistic approach. It really is because like, I feel like once I started really to even accept myself in those ways and accept, yeah, I liked to do this. I was able to then accept other people's shit. Like, okay, well, yes. fuck, do your thing. Like that doesn't offend me. Like if that makes you happy, then yep. you do that. Okay. And I think it really mm-hmm. does start with sex and not necessarily the yep. act of sex, but just the understanding that we all have different desires, we all have different needs, we all have different wants, but ultimately the sex is what makes us all human and brings us, it's that thread that's like strung all and and connects us all. And there was like a lot of forgiveness in it and a lot of acceptance. And a lot of like a removing of shame. I think for people, I think people are really ashamed and scared to say what their fantasies are or what yeah. or what they enjoy sexually. And I always tell people, like, it doesn't matter. It's sex. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's sex. There's all types of shit that exists in your sexual fantasy and your sexual world that you... It doesn't matter how that... You, you don't have to hide it and be ashamed of it. In fact, if you lean into it and embrace it, it's easier to enjoy the kink or whatever it is. I think sometimes people get so caught up and ashamed of themselves over the things that they fantasize about that it's it's yep. like a huge block, you know? And sometimes yep. just in releasing that and accepting the things like I, okay, for instance, I have this weird porn category that I really like, but I judge I it could be weird, but like this older man like taking advantage of me like weird porn mm-hmm. that I like and I used to judge myself about it all the time like maybe something happened to me that I need to check into and probably maybe some shit did happen but it's just like even my even the discovery of that is that there are ways to find empowerment even in things that may have happened like traumatic things that have happened yep. to you or like connecting to those things and accepting those things and in healing those things and shit sometimes maybe nothing happened to you it's just your fucking fantasy and get with it and get gone you know like it's okay to indulge in what we would generally call the darkness and like lean into it and accept yourself for it. and then you can kind of release it and move on you know or not but I don't know. I just think that's it's such an interest. Like sex is such a taboo topic. But like we said, it's so necessary. Everybody does it anyway. Well, it's taboo because of what our society has told us. It's not. So if you look at children. Right. So this is, you know, good moms, bad choices. Right. So we've got children. So at a certain age, children start exploring their genitals. In fact, according to research, babies self-pleasure masturbate in the womb. Right. So, so as human, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby self-pleasure. I was that baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was for sure me. I was for sure doing that. (laughs) Right. 
So, you know, I've been really dedicated to my self-pleasure these days. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm taking a break from the real thing. I'm going vegan, guys. (laughs) And... In the best way possible, because in my journey of self-pleasure, I've discovered Satisfier. And Satisfier has the most sleek, beautiful, best vibrators I've ever experienced in my masturbation life. Not only that, you can connect it to songs that you like through an app. So I'm literally fucking my favorite song. It's amazing. I know that is amazing. One time I used Essence. Highly recommend. Oh, good idea. I'm going to have to try that tonight. Mm-hmm. Nothing like an Afro Beats vibration sexy session. I'm definitely going to use my satisfier to masturbate manifest tonight. Cannot wait. Amen. And Satisfier is offering our lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier when you go to satisfier.com and enter promo code GMBC30 at checkout. That's S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R dot com. And our promo code is GMBC30. You're welcome. So touching and our genitals and experiencing pleasure is, again, it's inherent to us as human beings. It's not separate from our human nature. We're just told in society that there's something different about our sexuality. So I'll give you an example. So I don't have children, but when I was in Hawaii, I was working with a family and I was their, their doula. And so, you know, I was there for their baby's birth and, and then I was there for the first three years of his life. And so I remember at a certain time, like I remember him laying in bed uh, and breast feeding with his mom and I was, you know, cleaning up the area, whatever. And he was breastfeeding and he was kind of just rocking his pelvis back and forth. Like he was kind of humping her. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, that's so naughty. That's so dirty. That little dirty, like, what is she doing to that child? So I went and told my friend who was a nanny and she was like, no, babies just do that. When they feel pleasure, they just rock their hips back and forth. She's like, it's not dirty or nasty. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. And so, but it was just shocking to me because it's this movement that I interpret as sexual, this kind of like little boy rocking his pelvis, like humping his mom. But inherently, that was just an expression of his pleasure at being fed in that moment in the whole warm and nurturing environment. And so I use that as an example of how in the society we're conditioned to view things as sexual and dirty and wrong and only should happen at a certain age. But our expression, our sexual expression, our sensual expression, that's just part of our humanity. And that's with us in utero, in utero. We're cultivating pleasure. Wow. It's so beautiful. I, you know, I when I was pregnant, I remember I was really deep into like research and like holistic research. And I remember reading like I always knew I was going to breastfeed. It was just innately something I wanted to do. But I remember a lot of people saying that that's nasty. And like, it's yeah. weird. I don't know if I'm going to feel comfortable with that. Yes. And it's my breast and like all these conflicting ideas. And I remember reading something about intimacy. And like how intimate breastfeeding is and how intimate birth is and like, and like to separate it is is just as such a disservice because the actual conception of babies is intimate, you know, birth is intimate, even like orgasmic birth, birth, but we so often compartmentalize these types of pleasure. And in fact, it's all one thread, one big, oh, we all experience these things and 
and it, it was just so interesting to me and I had never like heard of it that way but it wasn't it was just like because we're I'm so even conditioned for things to be over sexualized yes. that it took just to read it to make clear sense of it that of course it's intimate of course it's pleasurable yeah. of course you experience these feelings of pleasure when you breastfeed and look deep into your baby's eyes it's an intimate experience and like even recently I had a, like a epiphany I was in um, Mexico with my friends and we were doing like a lot of just free dancing free breathing heavy breathing being naked being one with the earth being like free with each other and it wasn't sexual it was just deeply intimate and loving and I started to moan a lot on that trip just out of pleasure and so I had this whole thing I kept making my friends moan with me and hug me I'm like come on just moan and breathe like (sighs) 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 and I started to experience pleasure and just like embracing the breath and the moan of life like there were things that were so good and felt so good and like the flowers looked so pretty the sunset looked so pretty it made me want to moan in pleasure but even then I realized some of my friends were like bitch can you please stop trying to get me to moan (laughs) (laughs) and I was like but everything's so beautiful and they're like you're on drugs but it's just like again these little like enlightenments of bringing the pleasure back in, bring it, captivating it back yes. in and understanding that there is no separateness and experiencing pleasure, you know, intimacy and like sexual pleasure is all one thing. Thing, thing, thing. Going into a sex shop can be so overwhelming. I've literally spent hours browsing through the shelves just to get nothing. I know you think you got the best shit you get home and you're like, I don't even want this. That's why I love like a kitten. Like a Kitten will ship you a gift box with all your erotic essentials from vibrators, massage oils, robes. You get to decide what you want in your box and really take the time to curate the perfect sexy experience. This month, they're helping you choose your own adventure with your BYOB box, a.k.a. build your own box. So you can choose from any of each of their six categories, toys, beauty products, lubes, cleansers, games, sexy accessories, and lingerie. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash GMBC or enter GMBC at checkout. I think we so we lock it up in the room and turn the lights off and close the door and turn our whatever porn on and our vibrators and we have these intimate experiences mm-hmm. and we confine them solely to the bedroom or to our romantic partners and it does us such a disservice because there's pleasure in, in everything and in every interaction you know with a stranger hey how are you I will hug a stranger on the street thank you I appreciate that I needed that shit you know but people are just like so blocked in that way so. Exactly. And so we circling back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of people of color and black bodies and how they're, you know, we're constantly living, we're, we live under attack in a white supremacist society. It's a violent society. It's violent against us. And so our nervous systems to a degree are always, you know, responding to that danger. They're on high alert. So where does pleasure fit into that? Well, like what you just described, pleasure is not confined to our bedroom. It's not confined to our home. We have, it's our birthright literally to be able to to access pleasure everywhere we go in every moment. It's just a case of, again, being present to the moment. So that's what you just described so perfectly. Everything was beautiful because you were present in the moment. You had the capacity and the ability to just be present and connect with yourself, your environment, the people around you, and it was bliss. 
Exactly. So whether we're experiencing that bliss in the bedroom, whether we're experiencing that bliss in the genitals, whether we're experiencing that bliss in our hearts or in our communication, that is life. And that is the goal of Tantra is to remove all the shit that blocks us from experiencing that ongoing constant fucking orgasm that is our birthright. I keep saying that because it truly is. We are entitled to this. You want to talk about entitlement? We are entitled to pleasure and joy and bliss in our bodies. Shameless, without apology. I have a question. Is there like an ultimate, like I think of like, you know, Buddhism and like the ultimate goal is like enlightenment, right? Like, is there like an ultimate goal of Tantra? Like, is there something that you are trying to reach specifically within the practice? And maybe like giving, I think our listeners probably would really benefit and me too, like from like maybe a brief history of Tantra and exactly like what exactly is it through and through? Yeah. Yeah. So that's always a loaded question because it really depends on your perspective. What is Tantra and where does it come from? So I will say that my knowledge and understanding of Tantra comes from my specific tradition and my specific training. And I, you know, stick a pin in that because there are multiple lineages and different traditions and different styles and different orientations to Tantra. And all of them are valid for those of us who practice it. And so you're going to find a lot of variance depending on where the practitioner's uh, teachings are rooted in, which lineage, which tradition. There's going to be sometimes overlap and there's going to be sometimes where there's, you know, the, your world's apart, your schism's apart in terms of how you uh, view Tantra. So my understanding of Tantra is that it's an ancient spiritual science that was developed in India several thousand years ago. There are often, when you're talking about uh, Tantra, the Vedas in India are referenced, but there is uh, documentation of teachings from Tantra that are even older than the Vedas. So as far back as 17,000 years old, there are teachings around Tantra that date back that old. So so it's, it's an ancient, ancient science. And ultimately, you know, the long and short of it is how to be a better human, how to be a mature human being, how do we live on this planet? free of the root poisons of anger, attachment, pride, jealousy, and ignorance. How do we live in bliss? How do we cultivate our ultimate nature? How do we realize ourselves as divine beings in human form? Because it's not just about recognizing that you're a divine being so you can float off into the atmosphere. It's about recognizing that we are divine beings in the flesh, in human form. And what can we do with that knowledge? What kind of world can we create with that understanding? Very often enlightenment is taught as something like pie in the sky and like, oh, I'm so lofty. Not in this tradition. In this tradition, it's understood that the body is Buddha. And what that means is all knowledge, power, and wisdom is inherent in the human form. So enlightenment is not about going anywhere. It's about coming home to our own bodies and coming home to the wisdom that is literally encoded into our bones. Humans are designed to be able to experience both our ultimate and relative nature at the same time. We are the only life form on this planet that can do that. Mm -hmm. And when we're experiencing our ultimate nature, life becomes joyful. 
And that doesn't mean that we won't experience, you know, heartbreak and loss and, you know, and shitty things in life. But our relationship to those shitty things is very different. Instead of being overwhelmed Mm. by them, we can witness them. We can be present with them and we can absorb the lesson from them. And we grow from those experiences as opposed to being traumatized from those experiences. So Tantra in our tradition is yoga. It's a method of clearing and releasing everything, all of the, you know, cleaning your dirty windshield, so to speak, clearing and releasing everything that is not in alignment with our true nature and restoring our humanity, ultimately restoring our relationship to our bodies, a healthy relationship to our bodies, restoring a healthy relationship to our sexuality, restoring a healthy relationship to our environment, restoring a healthy relationship and and an understanding of our place in the universe, ultimately, you know, and I will say that I think that that is that the spirituality is the piece that I think is really deeply missing from this culture. And also from a lot of conversations about sexuality, because there's all kinds of different sexual expressions and it's you know wonderful and fun but that spiritual piece that that our sexuality is actually a conduit for experiencing more of our divine nature I, I think that's a really a missing piece I think in this conversation because there's so much potency in that wisdom and so much power in us being able to reclaim that part of ourselves I hope that mm. made sense No, it does. It does. I think that's one of my biggest issues with some religion is I think a lot of times there's this uh, idea of God fearingness and giving, Mm -hmm. putting the power outside of yourself and praying to, I mean, obviously we pray and we ask for things from the universe, from ancestors, from guides. But I think with like a lot of traditional religions like Christianity, there's this, this force that you, you, you submit and give away to this all this white man, blue haired, blue eyed, you know, figure. And you, you know, you, you fear him. And like, I know just the fact that the word fear mm-hmm. is associated with being with, Christian with or being Christian or God. being faithful. Yeah. God, like it's so, well, or God, yeah. God will punish you. when I, when I see those, things, when I see that on, if anyone is listening, has God fearing in their Instagram bio, please, please. Please stop. <laughs> Don't tell them. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, you can still, I'm not telling you not to love God and do all those things, but like, why must we fear God? Right. Because, you know, like we are God beings. I, we are God. We are God. Yeah. And we are an extension of that. It's like I said, that one, that same thing that's in all sexual pleasure, that same thing that we all share. It's like, we all have the ability to manifest and create the lives that we actually want. We have the God ability, but so often religion encourages you to give it away. And I always thought that was very odd. Like we are, you know, if we're made in his image, then call us by our name, you know, by the great queen of all, Erica Badu. Exactly. Exactly. And so what we're, what we're describing is a patriarchal religion. So male dominated. Mm. Right. So there's mm-hmm. very different. So in Tantra, at least in, in Buddhist Tantra, it, the focus was on egalitarian or even matriarchal, even honoring the feminine as the most as the purest expression of the divine. We are the portals of life. We are the portals for life. We are God. Black woman is God. Black woman is the mother of humanity. Period. Fucking verified, documented. So, yes, <laughs> call you by your name, <laughs> please. <laughs> Honestly, like Erica just made a comment this week. She was like, one of, we know a friend who just had a baby and like she hasn't left the house because her husband told her not to because he's like, 
you know, whatever fear. And she's like, there's an attack on free women. And I'm like, bitch, write yeah. that down. <laughs> yes. It is. There is an attack yeah. on free women. And it's been like deep seated in our society. And men are generally triggered by it and want to, you know, repress you. And they don't know how to accept you. And like, it's a very strange time to be a, a free woman because I feel like there's a time things are shifting because we have a crazy ass world. And so naturally that goddess is coming out, that divinity, that mm-hmm. feminine power. But there's, there's the that other side of that, you know, that fucking the pushback. patriarchal, that pushback. Yep. And it, mm-hmm. it will make you question yourself. It will make you question yeah. your power. It will make you question all these things. Kevin Samuels. <laughs> and it's just crazy, you know, like, I agree with that. But also, I know I read that you've experienced, like you said, like f- one in four women have experienced sexual trauma. I know you've experienced sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. I have. How have you used Tantra to kind of like change your relationship with that type of trauma in your life? Yeah, well, Tantra heals your brain and your nervous system. So so trauma it, it affects your brain. It changes structures in your actual brain tissue and your brain white matter. And it dysregulates your nervous system, your autonomic nervous system, which means that your body's always in a defensive response. You can't ever feel safe in your own body because there's always mm. something to defend against, right? And so what Tantra has done is it's literally healed my brain. The meditations and the sexual meditations have healed my brain and the yogic breathing methods have helped me regulate my own nervous system. And then when I experience stress or or experiences that might have previously been traumatic, I can re-regulate myself. I can kind of bounce back, so to speak, because trauma is when we get stuck in, in either fight or flight or collapse because we're overwhelmed by the experience. We just can't fucking deal with it. So it gets stored in the body as a trauma until we have the capacity to deal with it later. And so Tantra, because we're using meditation, we're using movement. We're using somatic healing methods. So we're coming back to the body. We're coming back to where the trauma happened. It happened here. Didn't happen here. Didn't happen in the ethers. It happened in the body. So we're coming home to the body to unlock it from the actual tissue and release it. So the memory will still be there, but the response to it, the emotion will have been transformed and released. So it's no longer holding me a prisoner. I'm no longer held captive by this unresolved energy in my body. I've been able to process it physically, emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. You mentioned sex because I know I know everyone obviously associates, like we said, Tantra with sex. I am curious, though, like how do you also use – like how does Tantra relate to – the act of sex, like having sex, yeah. like are there different techniques in which you practice? Like what's yes. the, especially like intro to Tantra, like what is like yeah. intro to Tantra look like for someone who's, you know, is having sex? Like what are some of those other yeah. techniques? Is it breathing? Is it positions? Like what is that exactly? Yeah. So all of the above, breathing, positions, mindfulness, presence, uh, there are, uh, in our school, we, we focus a lot on using pleasure to heal. And part of healing is, you know, just healing our shame about touching our own genitals, you know, healing our shame about looking at our genitals, healing our shame about feeling pleasure. So we teach very specific, uh, kind uh, like practices that people can do that can fit into their busy lives. So, you know, we talked about like, how do you have time for pleasure? Well, 20 minutes. Here's a pleasure, here's a 20 minute pleasure practice, right? Stop scrolling Facebook and do this. And so it includes mindfulness and being present with your body and using breathing to help connect you and let go of the stress and the busyness of your mind and come back home to your body. 
It includes a specific position that's kind of rooted in yin yoga to help support the nervous system to relax. It includes a breathing practice, again, to regulate the nervous system. And then a specific sexual stroke, a pleasure technique, a way of stroking the genitals to, to cultivate and enhance pleasure. And then there's instructions about like how to ride the waves of pleasure. So one of the things we teach is that orgasm is not the goal of sexual tantra. Orgasm is the body's natural response to pleasure. So if you bring enough pleasure for a long enough time and you're able to remain present with that, you will have more than one orgasm. You will have as many orgasms as you want to because orgasms are the body's natural response to pleasure. So orgasm is not the goal. Pleasure and connection are the goal of Tantra. And so in our sexual techniques, whether the techniques are with ourselves or with a partner, the focus is really just on being present and connecting with your body and being present with a sensation and luxuriating in that sensation and like devouring that sensation and building upon that sensation until it becomes like all there is. Mm. Mm. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So as someone who's been on this path for, you know, most of your life, is sex for you, like, is, A, do you only have sex with people that are practicing Tantra? <laughs> because, like, I feel like there's obviously a connection there that, like, mm-hmm. you may, I feel like you may need. I don't know. I don't know. Like, do you have, mm-hmm. is that important to you in your sex life? And B, yeah. do quickies exist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so yes, so, so yes to both. So in terms of, so I'm married now, but when I was, when I was not married and I was dating in terms of needing someone needing to be tantrically trained, they don't need to arrive on my doorstep train, but they'll need to want to experience some form of tantra. So for example, orgasm and ejaculation are two separate functions uh, in the nervous system of men. And so men can learn to separate orgasm from ejaculation and become multi-orgasmic. The average time of sexual intercourse for the average North American male is two to seven minutes. So two to seven minutes from the time of penetration to ejaculation. So for me, I can masturbate for two hours. If I, if I've got some, you know, dude that I'm looking at dating and he can only last two to seven minutes, I'm, what's in it for me? Like there's no. What's the right, point? right, right, right. So they don't need to show up to how to practice Tantra, but but there does need to be a willingness to learn in order for it to be juicy and enriching for me. And then I just wonder of, if it's like goes, it, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But I just wonder like mm-hmm. if it goes, if it conflicts with your, like the, the perp, the, like your life's your, purpose, your life's purpose and your passion. Oh. If you're not connecting sexually with someone that is also energetically working towards or working towards the same thing you know what like, i mean is there no casual sex if you're a tantrika yeah i mean like, oh no you there can needs have to be casual like, sex you there can needs have to casual be a t- sex i feel like there needs to be like a tantra app a tantra yeah. dating app oh my yeah. god yeah right where you can find tantra tantricas and tantricos in your area <laughs> Tantricos in your area. I love it. I love it. So, so yeah, absolutely. You can have, I, I absolutely had, had casual sex or non-committed sex. And that's the thing I was going to say is connection is not exclusive to Tantra. Like I would meet, mm. you know, you meet someone, you just have a connection, right? And right. it's like, maybe that connection is for one night. Maybe it's for a week. Maybe it's for a month, but there's something there, right? So that's the thing. It's like, if you feel that connection with someone and then you're like, okay, well, I want to explore this. And Hey, would you like to learn? how to like last longer or would you like to learn how to give me a yoni massage or would you like to learn
learn some breathing so we can feel more intimate and connected. So we could do that in a one night stand or, you know, a year long relationship. So it, you can apply it to any, any relationship style that you want to. Absolutely. I would imagine that in your journey, you, you start to be able to kind of like seed out a lot of people anyway. You're like, yeah, yeah. you're not in there. Like, no, no, thanks. This is not aligned. Yeah. I don't want your devil dick inside of me. Okay. I don't know where that gets me. <laughs> Yeah, well, and like we already do, right? Again, Tantra doesn't give us it, it, what Tantra does is is it increases my natural your natural intuition. And you know, that little small voice inside that is giving you messages all the time that simply becomes louder and more clear. And we're inclined to ignore it less. So everything you're is already inherently in you. Tantra just makes it more clear. Has Tantra been used to actually heal like the physical body as well, like illnesses and, you know, like, yeah, illnesses, essentially. Yeah. So in our tradition, uh, there's eight primary causes of illness. So those are the five root poisons, which are anger, attachment, pride, jealousy, and ignorance. So when we experience yucky emotions, there is a chemical response in the body that does cause illness. The, the leading cause of heart disease is stress. Well, what's stress? Anger, anxiousness, attachment, you know, five root poisons. That's what stress is. So yes, stress causes illness. We know that. But then the other three primary causes of illness uh, in this tradition are curses, practice of wrong religion, and spirits or non-humans. So when we, when I look at any illness, because I'm also trained in Tibetan medicine. So if I've got a client or a student who has an illness, my first thought is what is the root cause of it? And the root cause is always on the level of the energy body. So if you're able to identify the root cause. Let's say this person has kidney issues because of unresolved anger trauma or anger poisons. And so this person does meditations to help purify that anger poison in their body. Yes, they may see a result. They may see their functioning, their kidney functioning improve. We've had many people who have spontaneously cleared illnesses uh, through doing these practices. If the Tantra is the right medicine to antidote the root cause. Sometimes, you know, if someone's got like, you know, generational curses, the five element meditation practices may not be able to address that, but maybe our Lama could address that, or maybe a shaman can address that, right? So there's all different methods of healing to address whatever that root cause is. So yeah, it has been used to heal. It just depends on what the root cause of the issue is. Mm. Yeah, I think I think most illnesses come from some emotional stuff. For sure. I mean, for sure. I think, I mean, I think we especially see that when, you know, people suppress parts of themselves. Well, suppress parts of themselves, but then come, like people get sick or get cancer and they're like super young or just doesn't make any sense. You're just like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Yep. How? Why? I mean, even I think about even in children and sometimes I'm like, how does this child have cancer? Like, is it because, I mean, obviously there's so many different reasons and I'm not a medical professional, so don't come for me. But I think also, I think it's, it starts with, you know, ourselves, our ancestors, our yes. traumas Absolutely. that are passed on into our, our, these babies. Our wombs exist in our grandmothers before yes. we even are thought of. Isn't, yeah, that, isn't like, that amazing? That's crazy. Yes. Wow. Like, I, never, I never thought about our, it that way. Our wombs exist in our grandmothers. Like mm. when our grandmother is concepted in the womb, we are there. So there's a lot of like, mm -hmm. like generational trauma and cellular inheritance of trauma is real. And that's like scientifically proven. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Epigenetics. Yeah, that's what it's oh, called. Epigenetics. epigenetics. And so in terms of like, you know, 
cancer and things like that. So uh, trauma, that this has also been researched uh, extensively, that trauma is generally the root cause of most chronic illnesses. And then particularly when we're talking about people of color and black people in America, the trauma of racism has been linked to all of the chronic health issues that black people experience in North America. So diabetes, hypertension, uh, mental health issues, depression, all of that is rooted in trauma. But nobody want to talk about that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Well, this has been so enlightening. I'm so excited. Can you be my, my tantric mentor? <laughs> How dare I put you on the spot? Now you're my tantric mentor. I made it happen. It's official. You didn't have to say yeah. it. <laughs> I can't wait to join the school of authentic tantra and get on this journey. I really do feel like it's a part of my calling and this has solidified that. And, you know, I'm just so excited to be able to meet you and talk with you and connect with you. Um, it's been very enlightening and reassuring. Erica and I, um, we went to Costa Rica twice this year. It was a really beautiful place. We got to take our kids and we decided we're going to do a retreat there. And um, this is like the first time we've ever done a retreat with our community. And we've obviously been doing this for like almost four years. So, you know, we've got to grow a lot like together on the mic and with and with our community and like come to a lot of realizations about ourselves and be open about it, which has been really deeply healing. Mm -hmm. And I think naturally we've both discovered that. I mean, we're leaders and that I don't think we were aware of. And I think just naturally we've come to the conclusion that this is a part of our purpose and is leading women and leading mothers and just like helping being more uh, vulnerable and, and giving other women the permission to be more authentic and show up as themselves and you know that we make mistakes and that's normal and that you can be sexual and that's normal and it wasn't planned this way but it kind of just happen this way because God and yeah, when we were God. in, um, cause God, yeah, cause, cause God. for real. Yeah. And, and when we were in, um, Costa Rica, we, we both had a, a astrology reading and it was very interesting because, um, you know, Erica was told that she should look into sexology school. Well, so she was oh. telling me that my healing power is through sex Wow. and, and I've always, I've been a sexual person. Yes. But I've always felt like but I've I, throughout my life, I've always been like, oh, just calm down. Like my parents, like even now, my mom's like, why are you always naked? I'm like, because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I feel comfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. why don't you just, just get with it? <laughs> and but I've always been so intrigued by humanity and humanity. Yeah. Like I've been saying this whole episode is is sex. Yeah. And so for me, like I am, I'm in school right now um, and training to be a sexologist and intimacy educator. Yeah. And so like awesome. being able to hear about Tantra and all the different like just healing modalities and all the different yeah. things that are out there to kind of connect you back to yourself yes. and to empower you, especially as women, especially as black women, especially as brown women. Let's not leave the brown women out either because they need it. We need it. I'm a Latina myself. Like we need it too, yeah. you know? And I think it's really, really important. So, I mean, thank you for the work that you do. Oh, and yeah. I'm, just, I'm so incredibly inspired by you Same. and proud of proud of you. I mean, you have Thank the you. only government accredited Tantra school in the world. That is fucking incredible. Is fucking incredible. I don't even know where you begin to even do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you write a letter to the government like, hey, it's important. pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, but it, it, it is, it is uh, like reassurance that we are on our path and that there is great change that can be made through this work. And like, um, our, 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 uh, astrologist was like, just telling me like, uh, to connect with my breath and my movement and that's mm-hmm. my gift and that I should look into Tantra. And these are things that I already knew. I, I dance freely anyway and moan for no reason. <laughs> and, and, and she also said something that was really interesting that, um, I should connect. I need to heal my relationship with the masculine energy, the divine masculine. And that's not something that I'd ever heard, but like just, this path of, of our divine feminine, our divine masculine, what that means and how that looks and like just restoring those parts of ourselves. So I just think it's, it's Erica and I's t- time to embark on like these lessons in a bigger way and to like better serve our community and serve ourselves because we're always trying to heal and grow through, you know, healing and growing with our community. So it's just been such an honor to connect with you. Oh, it's such an honor to connect with you. I have a, 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 it's not a typical Hori, but it's a Hori. We have a segment on our show where we talk about, uh, like, a sexual experience that you had that was, like, wild or crazy or highly horrific. But this one was crazy. <laughs> um, it's really quick. Uh, 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 horror stories. I don't masturbate a lot, which is interesting because I'm a sexual person. It's probably something that I need to explore more. But one night I masturbated. Um, I think I was drunk, but I masturbated. And I specifically thought about this guy that I, I mean, I've known for years. I hadn't talked to for months, hadn't reached out to him, haven't had sex with him for like over a year. And I masturbated thinking about him. And the next morning around like 8 a.m., he texts me. And I was like, did I, I was like, did I call him? <laughs> I'm like, did I call him by mistake? Did I text him? I'm looking at my call log. Like, how the fuck? Yeah, you did call him. I did. Yeah, you did. I, I called. <laughs> yeah. <with> an orgasm. <laughs> and, he, and he hit me. He was like, hey, what's up? I was just checking on you. I'm like, did I call you last night? He's like, no, I was just checking on you. I'm like, you will not believe this shit. <laughs> it was literally within hours that I, I beckoned him. And it was the weirdest, most strangest, yep. but like powerful experience that I was like, bitch, you are magic, okay? And you knew you were a witch, but now you know you're a witch with that coochie. <laughs> coochie witch? Coochie witch. Yes. <laughs> coochie witch. Yeah. And so so I'm going to invite you the next time masturbate and fantasize about the million dollars showing up in your bank account. You got exactly. some power there. <laughs> I know, I, girl, I couldn't believe it, but I was like, wow, this is some real powerful shit. So yes. yeah, that was my, that's my horror. <laughs> yes. No, the power, the, the power of manifestation, masturbation is fucking real. I mean, I, yep. I use it all the time and I always tell, like, I always encourage men to do it because they think because it makes, I mean, cause it makes them uncomfortable and I love making men uncomfortable, but also because I feel like I don't like, I, I just feel like when you open yourself up in that way, like when your brain, like you said, like when you orgasm, you are the closest you are to God. Like your mind is opened up in a way that you, you really can't access when you're just or you you hope to be able to access and you're walking around in your everyday life right that's the goal but typically no like you really have to like let go and invite all of the things that you want and dream of all the things that you want and ask for all the things that you want and so like when I masturbate like a lot of times it starts like okay I'm feeling okay yes I'm thinking about someone and then I'll shift my brain to something totally non-sexual and then yeah. when I'm done and when I finally release, I'm so fucking energized. Yes. I'm so excited to get to whatever it is that I was, you know, masturbating for. 
And I really like, I'm always talking about it. I really, really believe in that power and like yeah. that. Yes. Like that openness is so yeah. it's magnetic. Yes. And so, and it, it beckons men to text you at 8 a.m. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm going to think about someone I really want. <laughs> I know, I was going to say. Oh, <laughs> well, Debbie, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? And yeah, let them know where we can find you. Yeah, so you can find me at AuthenticTantra.com. That is the home of our school, the Institute of Authentic Tantra Education. You can find us on social media at Authentic Tantra uh, as well. IG, Twitter, Facebook, all of the good places. Uh, and then for me personally, Davy Word Tantra, DavyWordTantra.com is my website where I just kind of showcase some of my media stuff that I like to play with. Uh, and then Davy Word Tantra on uh, social media where I show you lots of pictures of my dog. So <laughs> because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well you guys know where to find us that's good moms bad choices on all platforms um if you guys haven't checked out our retreat make sure you go to our website good moms bad choices backslash retreats we have a few spots left we're going to costa rica come meet Woo-hoo. us in the jungle we're, we're gonna, gonna be doing a lot of sexy free dancing in the jungle a lot of moaning and howling so please join us it's gonna be very witchy and very fun yeah i'm so excited we have monique dowdy i'm nurse mo a facilitating a workshop, Alondra, who's going to be actually doing a divinity sexual dance workshop. Actually, when you Ooh. were explaining what, what you know, what, how you created this modality uh-huh. between like stripping and sexuality, uh-huh. like uh-huh. I, I was like, is that what Alondra's going to do for us? I think so. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's going to be, I'm just really excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to go back to Costa Rica. Know, Get me out of America. Wait, you're in Canada, right? I'm in Canada. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna go there to take me. You need another yeah. wife. Yeah. I need, a- <laughs> need two wives. I can cook, and she can do a lot of stuff. I, I don't hey, like to yeah. cook, but I'll clean. Yeah. Talk to your husband. Tell him we're coming. We're gonna have a little poly poly relationship here. See ya. You're expanding. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Solo puedo recordar la luz de la calle, de las estrellas, como bailamos en la gran ciudad. Solo...